Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 2-2. Two, two. To third, Nico Horner from the corner. Ends the ball game. Cubs win 10 to nothing in this series opener. Today obviously was a... Uh... It was handed to us, right? And I think that it wasn't because we wanted that to happen, but that's what happened. You know, you had a pitcher on the other side that really did limit what we were uh, able to string together, if anything at all, today. And uh, I think, venture to say, I think they'll be a little bit more uh, fired up to go play tomorrow. We'll see, won't we? We'll see if the White Sox will be a little more fired up to go play tomorrow. Tomorrow is today. The lineups are in. Again, no Eloy Jimenez for the White Sox. He won't play all weekend long. And they'll hope he's good to go by Tuesday. Chris Bryant is back for the Cubs and hitting fifth for the Cubs. We're going to talk about that offense and the issues that it has had and uh, whether last night was enough to bounce back and kind of uh, get them back to what they have been historically. Because historically, on some level, the slump here in September is what they have been in recent years anyway. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. 670, the score is where you are. You're listening to Hit and Run. But let's talk about Ricky Renteria because Ricky's had a rough week. The lineups have been questioned all year long. They've been questioned for several years, and we know that. I don't... um, I don't agree with Frank Thomas, who went very hard earlier this week about how you're in danger of losing Luis Robert if you don't move him up in the lineup. He does look lost. I'll grant you that. But uh, I I don't think it's that desperate in terms of a lineup situation. But Ricky Renteria, the bullpen tactician, has been exposed with some horrific choices. There was the game against the Indians when it came down to Jose Ruiz versus Jose Ramirez, and that's not what you want. That was a tough night. A bunch of his best guys had already gone. Matt Foster, who's been really good all year, didn't have it that night. I think the guy people wanted to see, if not Foster continuing, was Gio Gonzalez at that point, and is that a much better choice? No. But that was one thing. What happened on Thursday is another. The Carlos Rodon insertion into the finale of the Indian series when you are fortunately somehow looking at a 4-1 to lead and a starting pitcher who hasn't been in a game of any kind in seven weeks 
has not been used as a reliever in five years be put into an absurdly high leverage situation with three men on, up three. An MVP caliber switch hitting bat who destroys lefties looms if he can't get the first guy. If Rodon can't get Cesar Hernandez, then he's going to get Jose Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez absolutely destroys lefties. He's having an unbelievable few weeks here. He's already burned you once. And there's a three batter rule in place. And if you don't get Cesar Hernandez, then Rodon's going to have to face Jose Ramirez. And the biggest problem, your best left-handed reliever, the guy you haven't had for about five weeks, Aaron Bummer, is available. He came back the same time that Rodon did. All of those factors make the insertion of Carlos Rodon, and not just the ensuing disaster, but the insertion, just a, a remarkably terrible move in what is basically a playoff game. Rodon with the bases loaded in that situation. He hasn't been used as a reliever in five years, hadn't pitched in a game in seven weeks. Aaron Bummer is available. He's available. But he wanted to find out if Rodon could get somebody out in that situation. He thought he could get one out in that situation. And he said after the game, do you guys want me to find out now or find out later? He certainly was accountable. He said, you can put it on me. And everybody has. The White Sox bullpen is chock full of good choices. It really is. There's, I mean, you've got Colome, who is the closer. You've got Cody Hoyer, who has absolutely filthy stuff, can be used for two innings as a righty before that. <clears throat> Assuming Evan Marshall comes back, that is a, an experienced, very smart killer in your late innings available. They've got a lot of pieces. From the left side, from the left side, you've got Garrett Crochet now, a vicious weapon. You've got Aaron Bummer now, your best reliever last year, one of the best in the game. So those are your two high-leverage late-game lefties. They should be. And Jace Fry gives you three. Jace Fry gives you three. Rodon, Gio, one of them could be a long guy. I mean, maybe they'll both be on your playoff roster because they carry a lot of pitchers. But one of them could be your long guy. You don't need to figure out if one of them can be your eighth or ninth inning guy. I mean, you may end up having to use one of them in this very compressed, weird postseason because you'll need your depth. But my goodness, don't, you, you don't have to find that out now in what was basically a playoff game. So here's the deal on managers, okay? The, the deal on managers is that I've always thought of them in two ways. They have two basic skill sets. Three, if you want to add, talk into the media and thereby the fans. But in terms of their job for the ball club, they are atmosphere providers and they are strategic decision makers. The best have to be both, have to be great at both. Ricky is a good dude. 
Ricky is a really solid atmosphere provider. That clubhouse has been in great shape. It is loose. It is fun. Uh, the potential for different factions based on race, experience, and more. Language exists, but no, they get along. Cross language barriers, cross racial barriers. That room is in good shape. Ricky's players love him. They have bloomed in large part because of him. And I hope as we're having the conversation about Ricky Renteria, and you can hop on in at 312-644-6767 if you want, that people know that. Give him credit for that. These, a lot of these players have bloomed in large part because of him and his support. Read about Tim Anderson in 2017 when he lost his best friend, Brandon Moss, shot. Tim Anderson said, I didn't really know who to talk to. My friend was the person that I went to talk to about everything. Anderson said this in the early days of spring training 2018. So I just went into Renteria's office and I was nervous. I didn't know how he would act or react to it. And I come to find out he's had some of the same things that I went through. He knows what I felt like. The story was relatable. His background kind of matched mine. His friends, they were matching some of the things that my friends would say. He definitely pulled me out through those moments. Renteria means a lot to Tim Anderson. Renteria means a lot to Lucas Giolito. He means a lot to James McCann. It's another tricky situation for a manager to deal with this year. And he went right up to James McCann and tried to talk to him about this. When Yasmani Grandal gets here and McCann is no longer your obvious starter at the catcher. One of the things I've said numerous times about Ricky, said James McCann, is he's a great communicator. His ability to look ahead and communicate is really big for us. It's something people don't necessarily think about or know, but being able to communicate to guys like me is a huge deal. So Ricky is a terrific atmosphere provider. Strategically, He's got some flaws. Now that these games matter as much as they do, now that he's got a roster that is built to win now, that is ready to win now, all the pressure and the attention is there. Put it on me. Oh, yes, Sox fans do. Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they have. So at what point, I ask you, does the need for an elite strategic decision maker override the need for your great atmosphere provider who has helped you get here. Are you convinced that without a doubt, if you bring in somebody who you think is better strategically, that you bring in whoever, if it's A.J. Hinch or somebody else, if you bring in somebody, I know people are clamoring for Ozzy Guillen. That's That doesn't make a lick of sense, people. Not a lick of sense. The manager these days is a big-time partner uh, of the front office, they must be steeped in the analytics that the game provides. The analytics are not the demon. I don't. Ozzy has talked about that level of work and commitment before, and it is not something he wants to do. And I don't want somebody who doesn't want to do that work. So it's a non-starter of a conversation for me. But anyway, are you convinced that if you bring in A.J. Hinch or somebody like that, that you will get the same level of comfort, the same level of performance, the same quality of chemistry from these guys that you have? I wouldn't be convinced of that. So that's why you give Ricky a chance to develop and learn and grow in his own way, learning how to win. 
and learn from mistakes. I know it's painful. You might lose a playoff series because of him. That would be rough, right? That'd be very rough. But if you lose a playoff series in part because of Ricky Renteria this year, but then he is better and tougher and more well-schooled and smarter next year, they're going to give him that chance, people. They are going to give him that chance. I, I believe that Ricky Renteria will get a full normal year to grow with his team to try and manage a 162-game marathon as well as the postseason sprint. I think Ricky will get that. And I'm okay with him getting that. There, there are problems. There are issues. But this, I would not fire this man this offseason. I would not do that. Would you? Knowing all that I've just said, the entire context of what I just said, 312-644-6767 is the number you can call. You can text it as well. I would not. I would give him a full normal year to manage this team. It was interesting to hear uh, Rick Hahn this morning talk about the plunking of Wilson Contreras, saying how he doesn't agree with it. And some took that to mean that Rick Hahn is not on board with what Ricky Renteria did last night. We don't know for sure that that is something Ricky Renteria did last night. It could have been Jimmy Cordero on his own. It could have been Yasmani Grandal behind the plate instructing Cordero to do it. We don't know. I don't think Rick Hahn would come out and publicly bust toss his manager. No way that that happened. So I wouldn't read that that way. You're listening to The Score. You're listening to Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, 670. That's me on the Twitter. My name is just Matt Spiegel. There is no 670 at the end of it. If you could get Sandy Alomar Jr., says a texter, from the Indians, awfully good. I don't think you'll be able to get Sandy Jr. I think Sandy Jr. is going to be there to relieve Francona whenever it happens. But I understand your Ricky frustrations. I sure do. Hey, I was talking about the White Sox bullpen and how I actually feel pretty good about it. Maybe there are different components than we expected to be here, even though they've blown it a couple times this week. Uh, Matt Foster has given you the, that extra right-handed option. Your righties, Evan Marshall, Cody Hoyer, Matt Foster. Your lefties, Garrett Crochet, Aaron Bummer, and Jace Fry. All of that is before Alex Colome as your closer. So that means you've got three from each side who you like before Alex Colome. Ross Detweiler designated for assignment this week. Steve Ciszek designated for assignment this week. Thank you for your service. On you go. Either Rodon or Gio will be on this team, maybe both of them to back up starters who may have to go short. One thing that Rick Hahn said today, which was interesting in talking about the possibilities for a game three starting pitcher for the White Sox, was that there will be a lot of arms available. So Dane Dunning pitches tonight. I suspect if they need a game three starter on Thursday, it would be Dane Dunning again on four days of rest. But it could be Dylan Cease on five days of rest. Either one of them with Gio or Rodon to back up as a piggyback 
and then all the aforementioned arms for a Johnny Holstaff situation after that. But that's putting more of the decision-making in the power of your manager, and that can be scary. If I'm a White Sox fan, I'm rooting for Dane Dunning to be very, very good and efficient tonight and come out looking strong and stake his claim to that Game 3 start. But you're going to need everybody. The White Sox bullpen is seventh best in Major League Baseball in ERA, fifth in the American League in ERA. The top seven, by the way, in baseball are all playoff teams. The top seven bullpens in baseball are all playoff teams. It makes sense in a year like this. A higher percentage of innings coming from the bullpen than in other years. White Sox are in pretty good shape there, as long as Ricky does not screw the pooch. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We'll come back and talk Cubs offense. And my goodness, do you see the bus that's making its way to the playoffs? We'll talk about that, too, next on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast right it's a high fly ball deep left field this ball is back toward the wall it's got a chance gone the wrist is fine thank you and the cubs lead five to one um no From uh, back when the wrist was the concern. Bryant is back in the Cubs lineup tonight. The struggles have been just epic for Bryant. As of the other day, he uh, had an isolated power number. One of the uh, metrics that I, that I like to look at for sluggers. Um, that put him 188th in baseball. 188th. 
just crazy bad year for Chris Bryant. And he has been just one of several prominent Cubs slumping at a terrible time. They break out of it, though, last night with a great opposite field approach, several opposite field home runs, and then Javi Baez with just an absolute destructive moonshot off Dylan Cease. Great to see all of that, obviously. And uh, this team needs to hit home runs. They're good when they do. And uh, we'll see if last night was enough to break them out. More on this offense and how they've been struggling in a little bit. But I know that the phone lines have uh, lit up a little bit at 312-644-6767. As we've been talking about Ricky Renteria and whether he deserves to be fired flat out in this kind of offseason because of the strategic issues you have seen, or whether he is a good enough atmosphere provider, a, uh, a successful enough chemist in terms of the room that you give him a chance to improve on some of the strategic stuff. 312-644-6767. This is Mike in Evanston on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you? Yeah, this is Mike and Roselle. Oh, hey, Roselle. What's happening, Mike? You're I on, just buddy. want to know your opinion. Should uh, Edwin Encarnacion be on the Sox playoff roster? Boy, it's been it's been brutal. Been absolutely brutal. Um, yes, I, I would have him on the playoff roster. I'm, I don't think that I would start him at DH. I would have him on the roster for uh, a, a big at bat from a right-handed hitter at a big moment that could arise, I absolutely would have him on the roster. But I would sooner play James McCann at catcher and D.H. Yasmani Grandal. That's, that's what I think should happen. Grandal has his issues defensively. McCann does not in that way. Grandal, a better pitch framer? Okay, McCann's not awful. You know Giolito's going to pitch to McCann. And Keuchel has pitched to McCann, his former Arkansas teammate. So, yeah, I'd have McCann in there as your catcher and Grandal in as your DH. And Encarnacion coming off the bench for a big moment. Now let's try Mike and Evanston on 670 The Score. Hello, Mike. Hey, Matt. Uh, I like your show. You, are, you hit this so succinctly and on point, it's hard to add a whole lot. Uh, I will say that Theo Epstein is going to the Hall of Fame, uh, not because he doesn't know what he's doing. He had a young team with a ton of talent, and if he thought Renteria was going to be able to take them where they wanted to go, he'd have kept them. I don't believe that somebody with chemistry is enough when you're in a big game and your answer is Ruiz and Carlos Rodan in two highly leveraged situations, and the middle of your lineup highlights a designated hitter who is a designated out, and he trots him out night after night after night. You, it just it can't be. And if they end up in Oakland, I don't even want to think about Jimenez trying to play left field in that ballpark. <laughs> uh, and I liked, I actually liked the kid. The kid batting second, uh, Badger Glow, I thought he really fit there. And I thought it's a tough, out of all the positions, I think second is almost the toughest. And I I thought it kind of uh, of worked. 
And I think in the playoffs it would work very well. Thanks for the call, Mike. There's a lot there. Um, first of all, if they do get Oakland and they get uh, Eloy Jimenez back after he hurt his foot on a slide, Jimenez might be the guy who has to DH. And then maybe you're looking at Adam Engel playing in your outfield. And then Grandal probably would be your catcher. <sighs> but man, you want to do that? With, um, with Giolito on the mound, you have to give Giolito James McCann. You have to. So you're really hoping that Jimenez can come back and play left field for you. In, in terms of uh, trotting Encarnacion out into the middle of that lineup over and over and over again, yeah, there's, um, there's, there's, there's an element of waiting for the back of the baseball card to kick in which is unsettling sometimes. We, we saw David Ross finally get tired of doing that over the course of the last week. He started fiddling with the lineup because he had to. He was desperate, had to try something. And that fiddling has continued. He's got Baez down at seven. Javi says he doesn't care, just wants to help. Bryant is back in the lineup today. He's hitting fifth. He had moved Hayward up to two for a while. Had Rizzo at one for a little while. Hap at one when he can. So he got tired of waiting for the back of the baseball card. Ricky's still doing that with Encarnacion, and I understand how it can frustrate you and drive you absolutely crazy. I do think that Abreu should be up at three. Should not be any lower than three. Should not be hitting four. He's your best offensive run producer. Get him as many at-bats as you can. If you want to put him two, I would understand that. But three, so then, then you're kind of um, merging the analytics that say have your best guys towards the top so they get potentially a few more plate appearances and the traditional run production spots of three and four. Okay, Abreu should be three, not four. But all that said, I think Ricky is going to get a year. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. And Speaks, can I add something onto that? Please. Uh, with the, the whole Theo Epstein being a Hall of Famer, that's of course, and, and you know him identifying Rick Renteria as not being the guy, I, I think that's just totally wrong because, A, Joe Mad- there wasn't another manager at the time like uh, Joe Madden out there. And then also the idea that you know Joe Madden is this great st- strategical manager when I remember in like the <laughs> second show, you made me go pull him pulling Kyle Hendricks and putting in John Lester. Like that was a complete boneheaded move. So uh-huh. was putting a role as Chapman in game seven of the World Series. This is a yeah. game in September in Cleveland. Like- yeah, the perception, the, the, the perception then... The perception at the time was that Madden was a strategic genius. And we came to see the foibles in some of that. And now, you know, some of that was exposed a little bit later on. So it, it doesn't, the results don't back up Mike and Evanston's uh, theory on what Theo was thinking. Um, but at the time, I think Theo was thinking, uh, he was also thinking that that's just, that's a special guy. Joe is a, is a special guy, what he brings to a clubhouse and what he brings to a public face, what he brings to a partnership with the front office. And it was, it was very special for a while, but yes, Joe was thoroughly exposed strategically, um, outmanaged by Dave Roberts a bunch of times before Dave Roberts was outmanaged. Himself, And he got lucky that his replacement had a home run in the sixth inning. David Ross. Yes. Yes. 
Hey, but, you know, I thought of Madden this week. When you bring in Carlos Rodon, not in his first relief spot in five years, not into a clean inning to start an inning and actually work from the windup and get comfortable again, but you bring him in in his first relief spot in five years into a bases-loaded situation that's high leverage. It felt a little bit like John Lester in a dirty inning after him having warmed up for hours and hours on that, that night, that October night in Cleveland. Or November night. November 2 is what it was, as a matter of fact. Cubs and the White Sox coming up a little bit later on. Pre-game with our Zach Zaidman hits the air at about 10 minutes after 5. Another 35 minutes or so of me, Matt Spiegel, with you here on a special, uh, a special hit and run on a Saturday afternoon. All right, I mentioned the Cubs offense. Kyle Schwarber's home run last night off Dylan Cease in the second was his first home run since the 1st of September. It ended an 18-inning scoring drought for the Cubs, scoreless for 18 innings. This on the heels of losing three in a row to the worst team in baseball in Pittsburgh. And during the last 16 games, the Cubs had had four droughts of 17 innings or more without scoring runs insane the offense has appeared broken in the same way that it has for several septembers in a row but this is actually worse if it feels worse that's because it's worse so hot of sharma at the athletic did a did some work this week looking at the big four looking at bryant and Baez and rizzo and schwarber and looking at the over their entire career over 15 game spans and the stretch that Baez is in this year. He's had two stretches worse than any other time in his career after the beginning of 2016. Rizzo has only had two stretches worse than this in his entire Cubs career. The last also came in early 2016 when they were winning anyway. Schwarber is having the worst stretch of his entire career, and that includes when he was demoted in 2017 to the minor leagues. Bryant has, Chris Bryant has had two stretches worse than this over his entire career. One was in his rookie season and the other was right after his knee injury last year. So all of them, all at once, to be at or near the very worst stretches of their entire careers is just crazy. It's very 2020. And now Ian Happ and Jason Hayward have joined them on the struggle bus. Troubles. So maybe last night and the opposite field approach with power can change them. Maybe these next two games will showcase more of that, more confidence as well. And uh, maybe they can still be that team that hits the playoffs feeling good about themselves and grinds out at bats and makes the opposition work. But it's hard to imagine based on what we've been watching over the past over the past month and a half or so. It's been a rough, rough watch. Still haven't gotten our answer, by the way, in terms of the Cubs, whether it's Kimbrell or Jeffress in the ninth inning. It's been Jeffress, but there was a sign uh, the other night um, in the win against Pittsburgh when Jeffress was warming up for what would have been a high leverage eighth and then apparently would have been Kimbrell in the ninth. 
But it didn't end up playing out that way because the Cubs added on some runs. I, I think they're ready to give Kimbrell another save chance. As far as if Craig's the closer. Um. um. <laughs> oh, boy. 670 the score is where you are. We've talked before about this. What happens when your, your local broadcasters are gone and you have to forge national relationships in the postseason? We'll talk with, uh, with one of the local broadcast outlets about their plans for the postseason and how you can stay connected to the broadcast crew that you have been in love with and connected to all year long. And we will get you ready for Game 2 of the Cubs and the White Sox coming up at the top of the hour with our man Zach Zabeman and pregame at 510. You're listening to Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. You know, we're here to serve Cub fans, um, and it's not, there are no limitations on what Mike, the two Mikes can do in terms of her coverage. So, really happy with how Marquis has gotten off the ground. Welcome back in on 670 The Scar. About 25 minutes away from Cubs pregame, right here with our man Zach Zabeman. Right now, let's go out to the Alpamani Ford hotline. Alpamani Ford is in Melrose Park, and we welcome in from the Marquee Sports Network. It is Amy McDevitt, the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Digital over at Marquee. Amy, how are you? What's going on? Hey, guys. So good to be here with you today. Uh, getting ready for some big games uh, tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so a couple games left on Marquee tonight and tomorrow. Um, and I've I've certainly been watching. I've dug a lot of what's been going on, especially the the, the weather applied metrics as added in have been have been really cool. How how's the year been though? Um, pretty odd year to be marketing baseball, um, but maybe uh, the TV. That's all we got. That's all we got. We can't go. So you know, you're all we have, Amy. Right. Yeah. No. It's been a unique year. That's. Uh... That's a fair statement, but you know, there's been a lot of really special things that have occurred along the way, and I'd say we've got some. I know I heard the little clip on the intro there. We've had some unique leadership uh, from uh, Santini and McCarthy, and I'd say if I was part of a launch in the pandemic in the future, I'd definitely ask for some guidance from those guys again. So um, <laughs> it's been great, and I think we've been really lucky to have the different personalities we've had on the air and, and all the great people behind the scenes that have been really actually kind of taking some risks, you know, in putting these games and these shows on the air every night. Um, so we're, we're lucky to have them. Yeah. So next pandemic, you'll, you'd, you'd go with Mike and Mike again. I think that's. <laughs> we don't have one though. I'd like yeah, to. Right. That, yeah. Let, let, let's go for no next pandemic, but, <laughs> but, but good to know. Let's talk about the postseason. So. Yeah. Right. So, so, so in the postseason, fans have to now get used to the national guys and they lose their Lennon JD. So, so what are you doing? What are you guys doing over there to help fans kind of uh, navigate the loss of that relationship? Uh, what can you tell us about what's going to happen during postseason games before and after postseason games over at Marquee? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our, our, we have pretty comprehensive um, postseason coverage, which is going to kick off actually Monday night. Um, we've got a year in review show called Let's Play 2, which is going to be on at 5, and that's sort of the 2020 season, kind of the year in highlights, um, and that will kind of get the week going. And then Tuesday night, we really get into high gear with a postseason preview show. Uh, which we're calling Cubs Live Postseason Edition. And that is going to be an hour-long show packed with a ton of experts and analysts. We've got Rick, uh, Rick Sutcliffe and Carlos Pena and Doug Glanville, Lou Pinella, 
And of course, we'll have Len and JD and Cole and Taylor and, you know, a cast of, of thousands that will be there to contribute. And it's really going to be a breakdown of the first round series that the Cubs will have. It's kind of an eye on the enemy type of content um, and a preview of what's to come. But also we're working hard on a, you know, a good review of 2020 that will live across all of our platforms. So some of the top 20 moments and that kind of thing. There you go. Um, all right, cool. And then, and then during the games, did I hear that Len and JD might be doing some Facebook Live stuff during the games? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have this big postseason preview show on Tuesday, but then we're really going to have game around the game experience opportunity for fans all week. Um, when, beginning on Wednesday night, we'll have a one-hour free outcomes game show. Um, so every every Cubs postseason game, and let's hope that goes for several weeks here. But um, we'll have an hour pre and post, and then we're also going to have. Len and JD uh, on Facebook Live. We're going to do a seventh inning stretch with them on Facebook Live. So all fans have to do is follow Marquee on Facebook, and then we'll have Len and JD give some kind of reaction, in, you know, to what's happened in the game um, up until that seventh inning stretch point. So uh, we're excited to be able to continue the conversation on a different platform and get those guys into the mix before we then, you know, wrap everything up with a post game show again. All right. All right. Well, there we go. So, so yeah, cause that relationship gets severed and, uh, and the opportunity to, to interact a little bit and to kind of watch the game with them. That's, that's, that's very cool. Um, Amy, are you a marketing person that made her way to baseball or a baseball person that made your way to marketing? <laughs> you know, it's a combo I'd say. Um, so I started my career in baseball years ago and then I worked in media for a while. Um, and then was lucky enough to come back to baseball. So I'd say probably, a combo really but uh just lucky this this has been such an incredible experience and i've learned so much as we, i think we all have this year um and just being part of the cubs organization has just been a gift i mean it's just amazing what's happened and, and all that people have come together to accomplish this year very cool well nice to talk to you nice to get to know you a little bit and fans will be checking out um all of that content during the postseason thanks so much amy yeah we'll we'll have them covered so thanks for having me i appreciate it you got it. That's Amy McDevitt, the senior vice president of uh, digital and marketing over at uh, Marquee Sports Network. You know, yeah, it's just it, it's weird. You'll you'll have nationals and I don't even know who we're going to have as a broadcast network for Cubs or Sox. I do know that all of your Cubs postseason games will be heard best right here on 670 The Score and the Cubs radio network. And man. I am I am looking forward myself to uh, trying to sync the radio with the TV and be on my balcony on a, on a hopefully a beautiful October night, and we have one September night of uh, of baseball to listen to. We don't know yet what the schedule is going to be for those four games on Tuesday, those All-American League games, or what the eight games on Wednesday will be. We don't know what the matchups will be. There's a lot of unknowns. We do know that we've got four games Tuesday. We've got eight games Wednesday. And after that, good luck, everybody. Let me give you the details as best as we can tell right now around the league. Um, and a lot of this comes from Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs, who has been writing uh, about the, the, the chaos that is ensuing here. And we're in the midst of chaos right now. The Dodgers and the Braves are your one and two seeds in the National League. The team that wins the National League Central, right now the Cubs' magic number is one, will be number three. And the Padres will be number four. Cincinnati and St. Louis are tied for second. 
If the NL Central is in a three-way tie for second at 30 wins, Milwaukee can't get to 31, then then you're going to end up with St. Louis playing that doubleheader on Monday against the Tigers. And that might change everything. The Mets are still alive. It's crazy. The Giants are very much alive. The Phillies are still alive. Even the Mets are still alive. There's like a 1% chance that the Mets could get in. Mets are eliminated either with a loss or with a Giants win against San Diego. And there's a lot of other seven, eight seed machinations going on that get confusing. But the Cubs just need one win or one Cardinals loss over these last two games to win the division. And that could happen tonight, obviously. Cardinals, Brewers gets going like 10 minutes before Cubs, White Sox. If the Cardinals lose that before the Cubs, White Sox are done, then the Cubs will clinch. But maybe the Cubs will clinch tonight at home with a win. The Marlins, the Reds, and the Astros all clinched playoff berths on Friday night. The Marlins are in. The Rockies and the Angels were eliminated. There are 11 National League teams still alive. The Astros are the number six seed in the American League. The Yankees or the Blue Jays will be the number five seed. Whoever finishes second in the American League Central will be number four. But let's say that again. The Marlins are in. You remember the bus that the Marlins rode on? They had a COVID bus. A bus to hell. Thank you, Soul Coffin. They, they all got on a bus to go from Washington to Miami. All the COVID people with a bus driver somehow behind plastic. We laughed at the Marlins. I thought they were going to be terrible to begin with. And then they were a massive problem and caused a shutdown in the National League East. And missed all those games, and they have somehow come back, played all their games, find themselves at 30 and 28 and into the playoffs? Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly into the playoffs? Crazy. And then here's where we stand in the American League Central. It is completely and utterly fluid between one and three. The White Sox and the Twins have split their season series, so the two-way tie goes to the White Sox. Cleveland has beaten the White Sox in their series, so a two-way tie goes to the Indians. Minnesota beat Cleveland 7-3, to so Minnesota has the tiebreaker over the Indians. If all three tie, though, Minnesota has a better record over the other two combined, 12-8, and than the Indians and the White Sox over their other two. So that is what will stand, not the interdivisional record. That is what will stand. So the Twins looking pretty good right now, unless they end up in a two-way tie with the White Sox. White Sox and Cubs coming up in just a little bit right here on 670 The Score with our man Zach Zaidman doing the pregame. David Ross spoke to the media a little while ago and talked about, among other things, Chris Bryant, who comes back. Chris Bryant who it looked like was going to really be battling that oblique. Maybe it was going to shut down his season, would be a disaster. Bryant feels good, apparently. Here's David Ross and Chris Bryant before the game. 
just on the, the program that the trainers put them on, just taking it, being really precautious early on, uh, taking a lot of caution and making sure he feels right and slowly testing it. Seemed to be bouncing back pretty good, as I've described to you guys. And after yesterday's work, I think he felt really good. And, you know, talking to him after the game last night, he wanted to be in there today. So put him in there. Put him in there. There he goes. There's Chris Bryant. This is, you know, they're, they're probably going to win this division. Magic number is one with two to play. Just got to win one game. St. Louis has to lose one game. And then bing, bang, boom, the Cubs win the division. And I know it has been ugly over the last 10 days, but this is a remarkable thing to win a division in a year like this, in a season like this. And they came out of the gate smoking. They, they had everything down, including their COVID protocols, including their team chemistry, their grinding at bats. Everything they needed to be from the get-go, they were. And Ross is proud of this group that stands on the cusp of a National League Central Division championship. It still makes me proud of this group. You know, like the, the outcome is, is a product of, yeah, their hard work, their commitment to this group and, and all the, the trials. But there's also the talent that we have, you know, stands out, their resume, uh, like we've talked about a number of times. Uh, I'm, I would, I'm proud of this group now, no matter what. My coaching staff, it's a good group of guys to, it's a joy to come to work with every day. So, of course, the goals when you start reaching some of your goals, it, it, it kind of signifies just, you know, it's a little badge of honor that you get when, when you put in the work and, and are able to reap the rewards on the back end of the season. But the way I feel this group would not change whether we win the division or not. I'm really proud of these guys. Yeah, because you can't control everything, but he's proud of those guys and the focus that they've had and what they've done as they've gone about it right here on 670 The Score. Uh, John Lester is starting tonight. John Lester makes his final start of the year. It's at guaranteed rate. He may have already made his final start as a Cub at Wrigley Field. This could conceivably be his final start as a Cub. And because there may not be a game three, he would be your game three starter in the playoffs, but there may not be one. So I I know, I think people have taken the time over these past couple weeks, especially to sort of bask in what John Lester has meant, what his career has been, what his importance has been for this franchise. And when he and Ross got here, it, it transformed things. He, Ross and Madden were the biggest additions there in 2015 and it transformed things. So Ross will go tonight. The White Sox, remember, destroy left-handed pitching. They're 13-0 when starting a game against left-handed pitchers. No Eloy Jimenez, but there's a whole lot of other righties who have feasted on John Lester before and obviously would love a chance to break out and feast on them and him again. But, you know, the, the final start for Lester is a nice opportunity for us to think about the totality of what this team has been the past five or six years. And it's the totality of what you're hoping you'll, you'll be able to talk about from the White Sox perspective in five years. It's, we've been really fortunate in this city to get to watch two rebuilds over the last decade. It's crazy. Right. And these teams have done it in very different ways. We've gotten to watch it and pick it apart and get smarter and realize that not everything works. That sometimes a trade, when you give up two prospects for a starting pitcher you think is going to be the second coming of John Lester in the National League, is not. And Jose Quintana's failure has uh, been really frustrating as you watch Dylan Cease 
and Eloy Jimenez for the White Sox. But sometimes you see that trades do work beautifully. And when they are selling trades, you see that Adam Eaton helped the Nationals to a World Series. So it's a trade that they probably don't regret. But tonight's starter, Dane Dunning, and your game one starter, Lucas Giolito, and your sometime rotation piece, Renato Lopez, all come over in that Adam Eaton trade. We've seen a lot and been able to dissect a lot. And as we're getting here towards what we know is going to be the end, but we don't know when and we don't know how for this Cubs core, David Ross was asked about the team, this group, and what the last five years have been like as the expectations have been high. The expectations, the-, the expectations for the next five years for the White Sox will be high. And that's what you want. You want the fan base to start to get grumpy if things don't go well. Here's David Ross before the game. I think the expectations, my, my predecessor said it well, like the expectations are a good thing. You know, what this group has done is is really taken the, the narrative of, of this organization and turned it on, on uh, upside down. And, and really, you know, that, that started with the top, like Theo and Jed and, and the front office and, and their plan and vision and, and getting the right guys and, you know, being a part of it as a player now as a manager, it just, you realize all the hard work that goes into it that behind the scenes and nobody sees. Uh, you realize the hard work that the players put in, the coaches put in. And, I mean, it's real. It's, it's, a, it's something to be really proud of. I think it's something that hard in the moment to assess all of it. But when you're going to look back, all these guys, I think the front office, the people associated with this team and the players and the coaches that have been part of this, this magnificent run that these guys have gone on for such a long period of time uh, should, are going to be really proud. They're going to look back and, and say, man, we, we, we've done something. And, and, and I don't think that the end of the script is written yet for this group. It's not written yet. Absolutely right. We'll see what the postseason run can bring this year. In an odd way, the state of baseball's finances and the terrible years that Javier Baez and Chris Bryant have had, it's going to delay any big trades that might have happened in this offseason. I I, I personally believe that. That the, the, the Cubs are going to have to stick it out and give themselves another chance next year with Baez and Bryant and the entirety of the core. So they've got another shot next year to be competitive. All right, this has been really fun. Sean Anderson, great, great job. Thank you so much for the job that you do and have always done here on Hit and Run. Hey, maybe there'll be a special playoff edition of Hit and Run. How about it? Maybe both teams will continue past the uh, first round, and next weekend we'll squeeze in a special playoff hit and run. In the meantime, I'll be on all week with Danny Parkins, Monday through Friday, all afternoon. Thursday and Friday will be Layla Rahimi along with Danny Parkins and myself. So be listening to 670 The Score. And uh, coverage of the Trust Crosstown Classic is presented by Xfinity. Xfinity X-Fi delivers blazing fast Wi-Fi with no curveballs. Tomorrow morning, it's Bears pregame with Hub Patrick Manley and Olin Krutz, the Bet Rivers pregame show presented by Mail Medical. Coming up next, it's Cubs pregame right here on 670 The Score with Zach Zabin, and the ball game is about an hour away. Have a great night, everybody. Talk to you later. That's where our game, and I say our because I love it so much. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.